Chapter 25 this morning for Sunday school. Matthew 25. I was only reminded Friday that <laughs> Brother Glenn wouldn't be here. <laughs> and I said, oh, what am I going to do? Brother Tim wasn't going to be here. And so, um, here we are. And um, for those that heard my message on Friday from down yonder, uh, it's going to be a rerun this morning. But it goes right along with, I'm going to build upon this uh, when it comes to to that. And uh, it'll come out different, I know it will, because of this uh, in the Sunday School Hour, Matthew 25. And um, so when I was talking about, um, of course, I appreciated Brother Bobby Watson. He said he, he, he took the time to drive to the meeting at, from Ohio, just, out, just east of Cincinnati, where he's from, down into Colfax area. And uh, he said uh, a lot of that kind of fellowship, uh, the people that was there, the preachers that was there, a lot of it come from back in the day when Brother Ronnie Sutton was still alive and had his meeting there in Amory, Mississippi, and uh, the people that were there, and we got together. So it's been a long time since we um, had seen Brother Bobby Watson. He's on our prayer list, and one thing or another, and he's just a different sort of kind of guy. Uh, but he he got he brought out yesterday's message about uh, the names of the uh, the names of Christ and all that Christ is to us, and uh, I'll, I'll just say a sister. That someone we all know that um, stood and testified after he was done uh, that her, she, she had the light bulb moment uh, while Brother Watson was preaching in the fact that uh, she just needed to re-fall in love with the Lord. And I thought, well, doesn't that sound familiar? Is <laughs> so what I've been preaching around here. I preached at, uh, at Island Ford uh, that, basically, and last week, we talked about the preeminence of Christ and to look upon the Lord, behold the Lord and the Lamb and all that. We went through that. And to get reacquainted with Him in His love and our love for Him. And we brought out last week, you know, how that the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 lost their first love. And, uh, and, and so hopefully she got some help there. I really found some help in Brother Josh Shepard's uh, message yesterday morning as well. On the on the judgment seat of Christ, I mean, it was it was really, really, really good and really um, challenging. Well, not really, I don't like that word. It was good to the fact where it made us think about the judgment seat of Christ. We that are going to be there. He dealt with the great white throne judgment. He touched that, but he was really main, mainly speaking to those that's going to be the judgment seat of Christ and how that even though that we might have not always been where we ought to have been as far as laying up our treasures in heaven, we could start yesterday. And uh, there are still some things that we can see where we've been weak in, and uh, we can still we still have time to lay up some treasures in heaven, still have time to lay gold and lay silver and lay precious stones up in heaven. And uh, so... So I appreciate the message there. If you if you want to listen to that, it's it's tremendous. It really was really helpful to me, 
Um, but I was just trying to, you know, you listen to all the preaching and you see how all things went. Of course, Friday, uh, uh, Thursday, no, Friday night, Friday night's message was to the preacher. So, so all the preaching has been just all over the place, some to sinners, some to saints, and even some to preachers. So um, in light of kind of where we've been, you know, I'm praying, Lord, guide me and direct me as far as the message goes. Guide me and direct me in the Sunday school hour. And, and one thing or another, and, and I felt through the preaching down there, the Lord guiding me and directing me to this passage of Scripture here, very familiar for those that have studied and read their Bible, but uh, really it's more toward the end where we want to get to, but in the context, I appreciate Brother uh, uh, Chris talking about the context and then the application. You know, in the context uh, of the Scripture here, it's talking about the kingdom and the kingdom mystery. Uh, in all this. In verse number 14, we'll pick up there, and so it's a discourse uh, by, our, uh, by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ there. It's, uh, of course, our Bibles, if you have any of the little notes there, it says it's the Olivet Discourse, and, uh, and it's speaking of the kingdom of heaven. In verse number 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. I've got that highlighted in my Bible, that phrase there, according to his several ability. Not everybody's able to handle five talents. Not everybody's able to handle two talents. You know, so uh, he knew, the, 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 the master knew the servant's ability, and he gave them accordingly. Um, and, but then when we're going to get to just kind of keep that in mind, so and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained uh, other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them... <coughs> And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Now, verse number 23 and verse number 21 are exactly the same words. Back up in verse number 15, he gave them according to their ability. But when it comes for a day of reckoning, they were, they were both praised for what they had done with the talents that they had given them, and they both were able to go in, in to both enter into the joy of thy Lord, and they were both declared to be good and faithful servants. One had five, one had two. Was what we'd done, what they'd done with what they had. And it was a given, again, according to their ability. So many times we look at others and we get jealous. Well, why, why hasn't God given me that? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> in your hearts and your lives? 
Why can't I have that? Well, the Lord might understand that you can't handle that. And that's why he hasn't given you that. But what he has given you, we're to take and we're to, uh, we're to prosper it and then we're to take it and use it for the Lord and for his sake. And that's another thing that was brought out uh, down in the preaching, you know, and just really um, adamantly rehearsed in our ears in several different messages in the fact of all that we do, we do to the glory of God. And we're to give ourselves wholeheartedly in the doings thereof. We see that example here in this passage. Again, it's a parable. But, you know, he is, he is giving, he's giving these truths. One, it was according as, 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 as to his, his abil- several ability. But then, again, when it comes down to the reckoning, they, had, they both entered into the joy of the Lord. They both was, were declared to be uh, good and faithful servants. And they were both given more to be rulers over in the end. We are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And again, if you get the opportunity to go and listen to that, it was really, really, really good. I've seen a lot of growth in Brother Shepard's preaching. Um, you know, he's, his dad is a year older than me, year, 13 months older than I am. No, not even that, 11 months older than I am. Because there's a, a little period of time, just about a week or so, two couple weeks that we are the same age, and then he gets older than me. So he could be my son. His, his, he was raised up with my children. When we would go to the church meetings, my children would fellowship with their children, him, and to see him go to Pollard and pastor the church down there, and knowing, you know, that, um, you know, where Pollard has been, they were without a pastor for quite some time. And just to watch him grow, and uh, it's, it was really, really a blessing. In fact, uh, he preached uh, the last time I heard him preach. You can see just so much um, growth. Of course, you know he's in the fire, <laughs> so uh, he is—he's uh, uh, definitely, you know, he's under the burden. And burdens make you grow. Burdens make you stronger. And so, uh, but anyway, it was really, really a good message. But as we, as we reflect upon we, us, individually standing before the judgment seat of Christ. In fact, you know, we must all, and he, he, he really stressed that word all, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Of course, he's dealing with those that are saved, but we're all going to stand as individuals. And we're going to give an account as an individual. And to, to, to examine our lives as individuals like these individual servants here, you know, this, the, the fellow with two didn't look at the five and say, why didn't he get five? You know, he just took the two and was glad to get the two and went out and made two more. And the five was glad to get the five, went out and made five more. And they didn't compare themselves with the other one, according to this story here, according to the parable. They just took what God had given them and was, were faithful with what God had given them. And then, because of their faithfulness, then they were made rulers over many things because they were faithful over the few. And when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, how is that going to pan out for us? I was reading uh, and looking at some pictures of uh, missionaries in Africa, a couple of missionaries, American missionaries in Africa, 
And there's, uh, and I've met the one somewhere along the way. I think Island Ford, uh, I don't know if they support him or they did support him back some time ago. But uh, the, this one missionary was, was up working with, alongside or whatever, helping out this other missionary. And uh, they had four, uh, eight poles, I guess eight poles stuck in the ground. Uh, what we would call a little shotgun building, just a little a narrow, a narrow building, probably I don't know, twenty feet wide, maybe, probably maybe twenty feet wide, thirty feet wide. No, I don't think it was thirty. Probably twenty feet wide. And there's just poles stuck in the build, uh, stuck in the ground. Metal poles look like, and then some kind of a covering over it to give them some shade. And uh, they are so this. This missionary and his two sons, and then these African nationals that were there in their church um, that they're trying to establish there, they're out with the pickaxe, and they're digging a a hard surface, and you can tell uh, from the the photographs they're digging into this ground, which is very rocky and very hard, with a pickaxe, and they're digging out the footers. <laughs> Are digging out the trench to lay the footer for some walls on this this little bitty, uh, what will be a small building, you know. And and then as the the one missionary sharing the pictures, not the one doing doing the axe work or pick work, the pick work uh, and the digging, uh, he was talking about the faithfulness of this this man, faithful and the example of this man. Not only was he saying. Hey, let's you know, let's build this building. He was out there laboring with his hands to build the building, and that he was an example to his sons coming up along behind him, because they too had got the hand, the pick and they started picking the ground. And then, as an example to those believers in the church, they too picked up the axe and did their part in the work. You know, uh, I have just as a reference, they were first called. In Acts eleven twenty six, and when he had found them, he brought them unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year, uh, uh, that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the very and it's a new sentence within this verse, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. You know, brother Chris in his devotional, you know, they were familiar with Christ, and and. Of course, Christ was perfect. They just seen him as a commoner. They seen him as a carpenter, one that had lived among them. They didn't see that. And when we go to our families, they don't see us. Not, I mean, they might see a change. They, they've seen the miracles that Christ had done. They've seen the works that Christ had done, but they still looked at him as a carpenter, as a commoner among them. They see us. They see a change in us. Well, he's no longer going those places. He's no longer doing the things he's done. He's no longer, you know, and we're glad of that. We see a change in their lives, but we remember, we remember who they were. We remember what they did, and so on and so forth. And yes, and just like he pointed out, we, you know, don't get much respect among our own people because of those memories. Because you were probably, you know, in your sin, in their, 
in sin together with some of those family members. I mean, look, I'm saying my, my family. You know, if, if, I, if I got together with my brother, there are events <laughs> that took place before salvation. And even some even since salvation, it wasn't very Christ-like. You know, and I can put my finger on his nose and point out his sin, but he'd be very quick to say, but remember when. And that's why we don't get much respect. And I appreciated just the opportunity here the last time I had uh, to preach with in his presence. Um, Alan Ford on the Radio Marathon had had gotten a hold of me about preaching on the afternoon message through the telephone, but the telephone didn't work. The little system didn't work at the radio station, so they, 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 they did a little workaround through Facebook Live. So I had to get on my Facebook and do a Facebook Live, so I was on video preaching on my Facebook Live, but they took that audio and they piped it through the radio system and I was preaching on the radio and audio only there, but I was doing a Facebook Live. I mean, it was, it was the only time that I've ever done a Facebook Live. But my brother was up for a visit. He lives down in Texas, and he was up for a visit, and we were going through some of my dad's stuff over here in my blue building and enjoyed the day, just enjoyed the fellowship one with another. <clears throat> Does he go to church every morning, every week? No. He had claimed at one time to be called to preach. He has been he has been deacons in some of his um, in his in some of his churches he's been members of. Does he go to church every week now? No. Uh, he 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 knows that the King James is the Bible, and and but because of some of those other churches, you know, he has an NIV next to his his recliner. But he's, he can't get away from the scripture, and my grandmother put it in us. I mean, just instilled it in us. He can't get away from the scripture about, you know, the, the, the scripture that says taking away and adding to. He can't get away from that. That's a blessing. But he does have, and he picks up every now and then and reads what the other version has to say. But uh, I think primarily he carries a King James when he goes. But is he right? Is he doing right? No. And uh, whenever I preached, you know, uh, on the radio, sitting at my dinner table, he's kind of pacing back and forth between my kitchen, <laughs> you know, go into the kitchen a minute, and I, I can't see him, and then you come out a minute, and you look over at me, and he's, but he's listening the whole time. When I got done, he said, thanks for not preaching at me, or to me, at me, I think more what he said. But that's what he was getting, done, uh, getting at, even if he said, the two, but I will say that the message got to him, <laughs> even though I wasn't directing it at him directly. Because I, I mean, I, why would I do? I was just giving, I was preaching what God wanted me to preach, but He took that home with Him. I know that He did. He has, you know, a three-hour drive, and I'm sure that He, you know, was thinking upon those things when He left. And I, and it's an example. See, they were first called Christians in Antioch because. They acted Christ-like. And we're going to see here in a minute at the end of this, again, talking about the kingdom of heaven. Um, you know, he's dealing with the kingdom of heaven all through here. So verse number one, he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the virgins. He deals with that. Then the kingdom of heaven is as a man, verse number 14, traveling to a far country. 
So he deals with this. Let's get to the, uh, the slothful and the unprofitable servant, and then we'll get into this last part, which is where I kind of want to get to uh, about this. So uh, five talents, two talents, verse 23. Uh, nope, 23, we done read that one. Verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Now, that, just putting it into common terms, giving it to the exchanger, if you put it in the bank, at least you're going to earn some interest with it, that usury. It's not going to be 100% like with the five talents and the two talents gained. They went out and they made, they traded. Verse says in number 16, he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made. He that received the two also gained other two. So they traded and they, they bought and they sold and they traded and they made. They gained an equal amount of what they got. But the, 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 the master here said, look, you could have at least given it to the exchangers. Now, I wouldn't have necessarily made 100% back, but I would have made a little bit of back, the usury, the interest a percentage back. You should have at least done that. But in verse number 28, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, for everyone that hath shall be given. So, what we're doing with what God has given us. And again, will, will, we, will we receive on this side? In fact, that's what uh, I think, I, I, I'm trying to think of all the messages because of the way the messages were. And I'm pretty sure it came out of Brother Shepherd's message in the fact that, you know, the, the, the sowing and reaping. You put a grain of corn in the ground, you're going to reap corn. You're going to reap more than you sow. And then you can take that, and we're talking about, and he was using it, talking about seasons. You take of, of what you got, and you save for the next year. And you're able to gain that way. And then he's dealing with the judgment seat of Christ. And that's not to say that we're not going to gain with what, if we use what God gives us here on this, this side of life, that we're not going to gain a few things on this side of life, but in, in, in light of the, Judgment seat of Christ, we will see our gain there as well. We heard, I've heard Brother uh, Brunson, you know, speak and preach on on laying up our treasures in heaven, and he did a wonderful job. It was a fifth Sunday, one of the last ones I think we were together uh, at the fifth Sunday. Uh, one of the examples that Brother uh, Shepherd used, and he he got it from somebody else talking about how that, and I thought, man, this is good stuff, and I want to think upon these things a bit more. He said, "If you have, if you have the gold, okay, a year's, 
A year's wages in gold. A year's wages in gold might be just a little bit of pile because of the expense of the gold. It was, you know, it's a year's wages, but you're not going to have that as far as the, the amount of space that it takes place. Silver, you'd have a little bit bigger pile. And precious stones, you'd have a little bit bigger pile. But you take a year's wages and you buy wood with it. You go, go you get a year's wages. <clears throat> Let's say you make, I don't know, just throw it out a good, a good uh, rounded number. Let's just say $50,000 a year. You make $50,000 a year and you go out and buy $50,000 worth of gold, you're not going to have that much. Yes, it's still worth $50,000, but as far as tangible property, it's not going to take up that much space. But if you've got $50,000 worth of two-by-fours, it's going to take up a lot of space. Same thing with $50,000 worth of hay. Brother Tim puts up hay in the barn, and he puts it here, and he puts it there, and he puts it there, and he gets to a place where, you know... He really needs to put it up, but, you know, he has no place to put it because it takes up so much space. Hay does. And then stubble is worth even less than hay. So how much space would stubble make? But what we get and, and then how that we, how that we um, take what we have and, and the things that we do with what we have that God's given us are we doing what, all that we can do for the Lord? Is it going to turn out the gold and the silver and the precious stones or that wood and that hay and the stubble to be burned up? Well, we say we've got a lot. We can say, look back over here and say, look at all, all that I've got. You know, look at all, you know, look at, I, I've run out of space because we're kind of like that unprofitable servant. We, we've, we've, we've got a lot in our mind and what we can see, but it's wood, hay, and stubble. When we get to the judgment seat of Christ, it's going to, the fire is going to fall into us and we burn up, and we're going to be left nothing with ashes. But we could be profitable like these two, and there's where, there's where I was kind of prompted as he was given that, that illustration. I was prompted to these scriptures here because I thought about the profitable servant, even though on the outside it doesn't look like he has a whole lot, what he's got is worth something. And it's what we do with what God gives us. That'll be worth something versus wood, hay, and stubble. And then, and again, there's some questions here when we get into verse number 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and behold, I'm sorry, and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. Now, this is not talking about general judgment, all right? <laughs> like some people, some denominations want to preach. You know, we're all going to get there, and he's just going to separate us all, and he's going to judge our works, and that doesn't work that way, no. But uh, this, is, this is talking about the kingdom, and it's talking about uh, the, the nations and how he's going divide, to divide the nations but as, and before him. So sheep and goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. 
Then shall the righteous answer and say, answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto him, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. There's a song, bless, the, bless their heart. There's a song on the radio station. When I, when I worked at the Christian radio station at WSOF, for those of you listening in the morning, you don't understand what I'm talking about. We took requests, but I didn't make a, I didn't every time I talked say, call in your request. I just took requests if people had them. Otherwise, I just played what the Lord laid on my heart. And we warned Brother Shepherd and Josh Shepherd, Brother Farrell Shepherd and Brother Josh Shepherd, whenever they took over uh, working at the radio station, we warned them, look, you're going to create a monster. And they did. Because they promoted the, um, the, uh, the request. So what happened was you had that handful of widow ladies, <laughs> handful, of wi- handful of widowers, they call in the same exact songs every single day at the same exact time. Whew. And so you never get any variety, and the people that are listening for variety just to drive into work, here's the same song, they go click, and you don't want a radio listener to do that, to turn off or turn the, because I, I found myself doing it. Because every day, brother, for a long time there, Brother Shepherd would get done praying, and the very, very, very first song <coughs> was, Has Anyone Seen Jesus Today by Squire Parsons? So I've heard that plenty of times. Anyway, but in light of this right here, they had the question, When did we do this for you, Lord? And that's the premise of the song. When did we, when did we, uh, yeah, absolutely, there we go. When did we um, feed you? When did we clothe you? When did we take you in? When did we visit you? So if you've done this to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. And, I, and, I, and I've got highlighted, uh, yeah, nope, I don't. But the least, yeah, there it is. The least of uh, these my brethren, verse number 40. And again, I couldn't help in light of the preaching that I heard, Preaching we've done here lately, Jesus in, in verse 22 when he was tempted, talking about the commandments, which was the greatest commandments, verse 20, uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, lo- uh, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, but then John gives us another commandment, a new commandment, one that I use, actually, the thought that I use in my message, I'll use it here in a minute again in my message and a little bit later, but John reminds them of the new commandment or gives them a new commandment. The Lord gave a new commandment, John recording it. There he goes, way to put it. A new commandment, verse uh, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. And that's talking about the brethren. If you have done this to uh, uh, 
if you've done it unto one of the least of my brethren. That's one another. That's brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're to take care of our brethren. We're to take care of our neighbor. We, we say, who is our neighbor? That's the Good Samaritan story. We know who our neighbor is. And yes, it's right to take care of those that are without. Be a testimony unto them. Be a Christ example unto them. You know, but oftentimes, just like, the, just like Brother Chris's devotion, when we go out unto them and we try to be Christ-like unto them, like when Christ went to his own community there, they, they, he, he healed, a, he read it this morning, he healed a few of the sick among them, not the multitudes, but a few he did. He healed a few of the sick, but they didn't accept him. And we're going to find out that when we go to our neighbor and love them as ourselves, we're not going to be necessarily appreciated as if, we, as if when we go to our brethren, love one another. How do they know that we're his disciples? They were first called Christians at Antioch. How do they know that we're his disciples? It's not our service to the neighbor necessarily, to the, to the Samaritan in the ditch necessarily. How do they know that we love one another? How do, how do they know we're his disciples? Because we love the brethren. We love one another. This is how they know that we are his disciples. They see Christ in us because of the way we love not only the brethren, not only the, the, uh, the, the neighbor, not only God, but then our enemies as well. <laughs> We're going to read that passage of Scripture today in the preaching hour. And it's a difficult thing, but, uh, needless, but it is a way that we can um, uh, be an example to others. And, I, and going back to the, to the, um, to the servants here in our, in our passage, you know, it says both of them entered into the joy of the Lord. Lisa, I know last week or week before last dealt with the, the little acrostic uh, joy. You know, Jesus first, you've seen it before, others second, and yourself last. But going back to that Squire Parsons title, has anyone seen Jesus today? If we're looking to serve Jesus, just look to the brethren. The least of the brethren. If you've done it to the least of the brethren, you've done it to me. And so we want to be joyful, enter into the joy of the Lord. I know this is talking about the kingdom joy, but we can have joy here on the earth in our service for the Lord by serving others. But, but you have to understand that as you serve others, you're not serving it for a pat on your back from that person, you're doing it for the Lord's sake. You're doing it as unto the Lord. You're doing it to glorify God in your service. When you serve your human, you know, humanity, whether it be the neighbor or whether it be your brethren or whether it be your enemy, they're seeing Christ in you. You're doing it for the glory of God and not for your own platitudes just look what I've done you know and I've dealt with it before you see these people that's got their their pedigree 
You know, and I, I'm, I, you know, I work on the base, and whenever somebody introduces somebody, you know, I mean, maybe he has got two or three stars on his shoulders. <laughs> but they'll go through the whole list, you know. Uh, he was commander at such and such, and he was commander at such and such, and he served, you know, such and such. I mean, they have a whole list. And he goes, and here he is. But they go through a whole list of all that they've done. And then they say, here he is. You know, and that's not... That's not the way the child of God should be. We should just be serving that God will get the glory. Not that I get the glory, that God will get the glory. They just, you know, and, and we see it in the pulpits too. You go to these, some of these bigger meetings, you know, and they'll go through the, this is brother so-and-so, you know, and he's the big name preacher, and he, and I mean, they just really pump this guy up, you know, and they think that basically when he walked in the door, God walked in the door, Versus the, the, the little country preacher or just whoever. The preacher that comes in that God is on. I mean, that gets in the pulpit and he gets in the pulpit and he preaches the message to God's glory. So that, and he gets in the message and, and of course we've heard old time preachers pray. We've heard pre preachers pray, God, uh, you know, along the lines of let them see you in me. Let them hear you in my, my words, put, uh, put me out of the way. And they have that attitude when they mount the pulpit. They have the attitude when they come to, to the, you know, God, if I preach in this meeting, I want you to be glorified. If I preach in this meeting, I want, you know, you to use me. I want to be clay in your hands. And the difference between these, these preachers the, the, the big name, you know, walking in like a cock on the walk, he has his, he has his reward. And that's where I was getting to the, the mother missionaries. They said there's this one missionary, he's a, he's a national a pastor over there, the ones that I was talking about, the, the photographs. There's a national pastor over there that he says he goes into places that I can't go as an American missionary. He goes into places that hazard, hazards his life each time he goes with the gospel. And if I went in there, they would kill me. And, he, and this missionary that's writing the post went, out, went ahead and said, he goes, there are going to be a whole lot more folks ahead of the line getting rewards than I will in that day that I serve with over here in Africa. And, and that's what it ought to be. But again, it goes back to what, have, what are we doing with what God gives us? And when we find, we're trying to figure out what to do with what God gives us, when we do it to the least of the brethren, we're doing it as unto the Lord. And again, getting refocused. There's getting refocused on the Lord, refocused on our purpose, refocused on our service. And when we do a service, and it doesn't necessarily, and I happen to put a money in my pocket. I don't, it's normally not there, but anyway. But God knew. When we do a service, you know, lots of times we just throw money at it. And that's where America, it's not necessarily throwing money at it. Although, if God has blessed you and given you a little extra to be able to do that, that is a service. However, Cleaning out the gutters is a service for somebody that can't clean out the gutters. 
mowing a yard, buying a tank of gas for their mower, <laughs> um, are things that we can do for the brethren that we're actually, if, if we have the right attitude and the right heart about it, we're doing it as unto Jesus. Brother, and I mentioned it, Brother Glenn mentioned it, it was mentioned down there at Bethany's meeting, is our motive. Again, when we, when we serve somebody, are we serving it to get, you know, something back? We're going to receive what we sow, but as our attitude strictly to say, look at me, or simply in a very humble servant's heart and servant's manner, realizing that when we do things for the brethren, we're doing it as unto Christ. And then, of course, I'll not labor this because the other is just the opposite of that. When did we, and they said, when you, didn't, when you did it not unto me, in the last part of this. My, my focus is on what, do, what we can do and that what, we, what we're given and what we're doing is doing it unto the Lord by helping the brethren. And, of course, you can extend that to your neighbor. You can extend that to your enemy as far as our love goes. But when we serve our neighbor, our brethren, do it as unto the Lord and do it with that attitude so that when we, are, when we are laying up in heaven that it is gold and silver and precious stones and not wood, hay, and stubble. And that's the, that's the 